This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Laravel News Podcast. This is episode 125. And joining me, as always, once again, my wonderful, if not beautiful, although maybe, co-host. Ah, uh, that was rough. That was a bad one. Sorry, dude. Should we just redo that? Because I didn't want. I just didn't want to be life. weird and call you beautiful. Now. I don't want to be weird and call you beautiful. But I, I just you've, sort you've of done did. it now. It's too. I'm light. not saying you're ugly. Yeah, I'm just. Light. It's weird for me to call you beautiful, right? I don't know. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Keep digging. Are we still Keep friends? Keep digging. We're still friends. We've been through I, much worse than this. You've called me worse have, than that before in person. I've called many things in person, in public, in yep. front of other people. Yep, it's true. You deserve it, to be honest. I do. Have That's you heard true. the latest The latest Australian thing? Mm, tell me. There was a man. There was a man. He was fishing on a lake. Oh. And a fish, an 18-kilogram fish, right, in you pounds. Convert it for me. Is, a pro- is, is 39 and a half pounds. This fish jumped out of the lake. And slammed into this guy's chest and killed him. My gosh. It like collapsed his lung or something. That's a 40 pound fish. It. It's a 40 pound fish. So even even the things that are in the water are killing us here when we're not in the water. Imagine like, okay. For those so, of you who so, are like terrified of our wildlife. Yeah. So you go to the gym ever and you get one of those big 45 plates. Imagine that launching out of the water and smashing you right in your rib cage. That's what happened. Yeah. I actually looked up videos of that happening. That mackerel is what it was that killed him. Kingfish mackerel. I looked it up and there's videos of these things jumping out of the water and hitting people. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just weird. They just they're so it's, fast. Uh, it's definitely not good for business. No. Not good for business. No, but hey, not. we should uh we should focus. Hey, We're we two should minutes in. We should focus. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, everybody, we've got a couple of releases, some news, some packages, some tutorials, as always. So we will start right off the bat with Laravel 7.23 being released. So Laravel 7.23 was released on August 5th, I believe, a little while ago, August 4th, actually. And we've got a couple interesting items here. So we've got dynamic slot name support. Uh, so Lennart Karstens Barons contributed support for dynamic slot names using a colon prefix. So you can have a X slot and you can have the name be not something that's set statically, but you can have it set to like a variable that's passed in as like a prop. So this is interesting. There's some uh, discussion about it in the pull request there between uh, Lennart and uh, Dries. And so Dries seemed to like this one. Dries is all about the blade components mm-hmm. these days, right? He's got he this is, whole. He uh, definitely is. So, what has he got going on? Is it like a course or something, or is it just a package? It's like a package. It's a or something, package called Blade UI Kit of. Uh, it, it he he started with taking over Adam Wathen's Zondicon. I don't think it was the no, not the Zondicons, was the name oh, of the yeah, SVG Blade thing. SVG. Yeah, right? yeah. He had the Blade SVG thing, so he's taken over maintenance of that, and it is now morphed into the Blade icons. Um, and also this Blade UI kit thing. So it's going to be essentially a set of more or less renderless components. So you can do whatever design aesthetic you want with them. Um, and it will just provide you some ready-to-go components that you plug your things into. 
So that will certainly simplify a lot of things in terms of building out your forms and page scaffolding and skeletons and things like that because it's like here it all is and you can just shove things in. So that's one thing that I always find tedious between applications is forms where you know you've got to have an input oh, type equals text yeah, and yeah. then you've got to specify all that and then all of your all of your classes if you're using Tailwind to get them all consistent and then obviously you don't want to litter your page with all of this copy pasted stuff you want to ex, ex what's the word extract components yeah for so sure that it's all consistent everywhere and that way if you ever need to change anything you can just change it in one place in your component and it updates across your application so absolutely definitely a, a handy thing to do especially if you're using something like Tailwind or some other Tailwind uh, utility first library for your styling so looking forward to that um, I know that he's working hard on documentation at the moment so hopefully we'll see some of that good stuff in the near future very cool we also have plain mail and notifications so uh, in notifications previously you were not able to provide a plain text alternative so I think the the concern here was that certain spam mm, screeners uh, would mm-hmm. give a less favorable score to emails that did not come through with a plain text version as well as an HTML version. So if you provide both, there's actually a better chance that you're going to get deliverability. So Julius Keekbush yeah. contributed this ability to define a plain text email notification uh, in addition to the view that you will provide with that notification. We also have Guzzle's sync option with HTTP fakes. So this is interesting. I actually looked up what this is. And I know you've been using HTTP fakes uh, just this last week. You were sending some code around and it was looking really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Guzzle sync option, basically what it allows you to do is specify a location in your file system or a stream uh, where it will save the response of the body, uh, the response body too. Uh, so it was. It works with the HTTP client that Laravel provides mm-hmm. now, but when you do HTTP fake, it stops working. So you can't test that it's right. working, right? So um, they give a little example here in the uh, in the pull re- or yeah, I think it's probably in the pull request. But this is just a little example uh, that we'll link up in the show notes. So you can take a look at how that works. But mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Learned learned that today about what Guzzle Sync is. Uh, and that was Sores Atjes contributed that. Uh, and I learned something else here too. With there's these two, uh, there's actually four new query builder methods. So Ernest Cavadres contributed four new query build methods. There's where between columns, or where between columns, where not between columns, or where not between columns. So basically, what you can do is you can say, look at these two columns. And look at their values, and then look at the column that I'm giving you. And this value should be between those two values, right? So maybe you have mm-hmm. like a minimum order account and a maximum order account, and you want to make sure that the value that the customer is trying to order is between those two values, right? Something like that. So instead of having to to specify that in in two different uh, queries, you can just say where between columns and make sure that it's it's that, right? So there's, uh, yeah. it's similar to the where column method that already exists, which I also didn't know about, mm-hmm. but just learned about today, which is pretty cool. But it's where between columns. Great. I think that's all of it for Laravel 7.23, but some really good changes in there, mm-hmm. some pretty significant stuff. So yeah. that was a good one. Absolutely. I think we also had 7.24 and .25 in the last couple of weeks, but mm. nothing to do about those at the moment. Yeah. Let's see if we can quickly dig up the change log. So yeah, there's a .24 and .25 tag. So they're out. Um, there were things that happened in them. Couldn't tell you exactly. I know that one of them, I think, had uh, some security fixes in it. So 
it's always important to keep your applications up to date as much as possible. So check them out. Uh, we'll try and include some additional information in the show notes after we record. Interesting. Okay, we have got Xdebug three coming out hot with uh, PHP eight. I think is going to be it's going to be coming out with that. Yeah. So you want to talk to us a little about uh, the new features going to be coming in Xdebug three? Yeah. Derek Revens, the creator of Xdebug, has been working hard on version three, which is a near total rewrite of Xdebug version two. And he shared recently the new Xdebug info function, which looks a lot like the PHP info function. This will show you all of Xdebug settings, features, and diagnostic information in one place. The output is similar, as I said, to the X uh, to the PHP info uh, screen that you see. Um, and for anyone that's struggling to configure the Xdebug, this is a nice place to help bridge the gap in figuring out the default um, or the configurations you might be having and which ones you might need to enable and disable and what's set to what and where. Um, it's still a work in progress, and Derek is listening feedback from other what other people might find useful in that page. So stay tuned to find out what other helpful features might find their way into it. This won't be backported into version 2. However, Xdebug 3 will support versions of PHP from 7.2 through to 8 and beyond. Uh, there is, as I said, Xdebug 3 is the next major version. And as you said, Jake will be out uh, later this year when PHP 8 ships. Derek gave a talk last year at Scotland PHP, uh, which we'll have links to in the show notes as well. That you can check out if you want to see some of the new up and coming features. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of eights coming out. Everything's like sort of aligning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of eight, PHP 8 beta is here and will be released a little bit later this year. So there's a couple great new features in PHP 8 we're going to talk about, but you can actually try them out right now. Uh, It's probably not something you'd want to use in production uh, because this is where you want to try it out to see if there's anything that breaks and then complain about it before it gets released for the general public, Mm -hmm. right? So it expands on the language with a few new features that are focusing on the language's object-oriented design types and adding missing conveniences. Uh, I found these to be very interesting and familiar to some of us. So one of them is union types. So this would be where you can, similar to how you can in a catch block, you can separate different exception classes with just a bar and you can catch all of them, right? With union types, and you can already do this with certain things like null or whatever. Uh, It doesn't support generic types, right? So you could say array, bar, string, bar, class, right? You could you could specify multiple types that could be passed in for a parameter. Uh, We also have named arguments. This one is really interesting, and this is for functions and method calls. So in PHP, um, it's very common that you might forget the order of arguments uh, for, say, something like array fill, where you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. the start index, then the number of values you want, and then the value itself. And so you can do that, and put them in that correct order, or you can actually name the argument, put a colon, and then the value that you want to put in there. So for example, with array fill, you could say start index colon zero, num colon 100, value colon 50. And you can rearrange those in any any way you want, and it'll still work as long as you're using the named yeah. arguments. So that's pretty interesting. I thought that was cool. I think the more useful thing there is not necessarily when you're forgetting, because if I'm forgetting, it's not necessarily that I forget that the order, but also the names. What I think this is really useful is when you want to skip defaults and, you know, some of the the language functions that you get, HTML special characters or array slice, where you don't necessarily need to provide every single value in that 
array, you want to just say like, I want to, I want to specify the first value and the fourth value that I'm, or the arguments that I'm passing in. And you don't want, you know, you don't have to go and look at the documentation to find out what the default second and third are. Yeah. So with named parameters, you can just put the first one and then put the name of the fourth parameter colon and then the value that you want to set. So I think that's going to simplify some of those gnarly calls to some of the older PHP methods and things like that. So definitely something that I'm looking forward to. There's a bit of I guess resistance to the, the 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 named arguments. I know that Graham Campbell's had some reservations around it um, on on Twitter. So it's been implemented now. It's going to be out in PHP eight. So I suppose the reservations are have been uh, yeah. ignored or yeah. or spoken around. So it doesn't really matter too much about that at this point. But I'm certainly looking forward to that functionality. I agree, and self documenting as well is another one of the nice things. So like I'll do this sometimes mm-hmm. if I have. Like if I'm using the cache or something, I'll actually put like dollar sign minutes equals and then the number of minutes or something, right? Or seconds mm-hmm. or whatever it is, just so that the next person coming behind me can see, oh, okay, that's what we're talking about here, right? And it's yeah. the same thing with these named arguments. You can see exactly what the argument is specifying. We have the null safe yeah. operator. So this is uh, like the optional helper that we have in Laravel now. Uh, so if you say user arrow account arrow location or something like that, right? If the account doesn't exist for the user and then you try and call location on it, you're trying to call a you know property on a null object. It doesn't work. So with yep. optional, you just kind of surround that. And then if anything returns, if anything is called off of that, it will just return null and it won't break for you. This is the same thing. So the null safe operator is just mm-hmm. question mark, like it could be null, arrow, and then check, and then question mark, arrow, check, question mark, arrow name, right? And uh, it'll do the exact same thing. So it just re- if anything returns null, it will just return null for the whole thing. It doesn't matter how far how far down you go. You just use that question mark and uh, it works great. That's pretty cool. We've talked about the match yeah. expression before on here, so we won't dig into that, but that just replaces case statements. We have constructor property promotion. This is really cool. So this is uh, actually borrowed from uh, HHVM or hack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't try and explain it on the air with code but basically instead of having to have your constructor have your properties and then assign them and then have to have public properties up in the top or private properties whatever you can do it all right in the constructor yeah just in the uh the list of properties there that's pretty cool throw statements or not throw expressions this this basically in in laravel how we have throw if or throw in less you can essentially do that natively now without having to do that mm-hmm. in uh, laravel you can do it with php there's a stringable interface that's just for typing and then support for static return types. Uh, and again, that's just typing stuff. Uh, but it is handy if you're doing like a fluent interface or named constructors or something like that. So anyway, a bunch yeah. of really, really cool stuff in, in PHP 8. I love these things and uh, it's definitely going to be worth it to get on ba- uh, get on the bandwagon with this thing and uh, get upgraded. I'm excited for it. So Speaking of versions 8, Laravel 8, it has been announced, will be released on the 8th of September. Uh, Taylor announced recently uh, on the 5th of august that they are planning to release laravel 8 on september 8th and they're expecting the upgrade time to be between 10 and 15 minutes if you're moving from laravel version 7 since laravel 6 the framework has switched to semantic versioning and follows a designated release process this means that every six months is a new first number release six seven eight and so on and in between is patch and uh, minor and patch releases Laravel 8 is going to feature some nice new additions, including an improved maintenance mode, no longer having to manually restart PHP Artisan Serve if you update your ENV file, a new bus dispatch method, a big refactor to factories and seeders, and a few bigger features that are yet to be announced. Though Taylor has started 
to tease them uh, on Twitter just the other day here. At the time of this recording, uh, I did message Taylor with my suggestions uh, to dead air. I saw that he read my message but did not reply to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey dude i can't imagine yeah, I'm, I'm how, how many messages he gets during the day right yeah i i so yeah. like try and like limit my telegram chats with him because i just don't feel like i don't want to annoy him i'm sure he gets tons of yeah. people hitting him up yeah so uh definitely looking forward to that uh, the branding is back the teasing is back taylor has kept these things close to his chest uh we're probably what 10 days away from laracon us now so we'll hear more about those secret things very soon yeah uh, keen to hear what they are and uh yeah that's that's the robot eight as i said september 8th it will be a release so definitely looking forward to that it was fun watching yaz just give him a hard time about what the names just might be. yeah the t's just be yaz yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he's a what is a laravel jest new testing framework yeah, to Jester. Yeah, that's right that's, that was pretty that's funny. um okay we've got a um we're going to move into the packages section now. So we've got this real-time chat package for Laravel. So if if the first thing that popped into your head was intercom, that's not what we're talking about. This is actually like think Facebook Messenger or Telegram or something like that. That's what this is. So it's a real-time chat package for Laravel and it's called Chatify. So this is by Munaf Akil Mahdi that adds a complete real-time chat system to your application without any additional code. So it uses Pusher in the background. Uh, it has things like users in group chats, uh, real-time contact list updates. You can have favorites. All the things that you... I won't go through the whole list, but all the things that you would think that would come with a chat app, they are available in there. And so this looks pretty cool. It's free to use, free to uh, contribute to. It's obviously open source. So check that out if that's something you might be interested in. We've also got some debug bar stuff, one of our favorites. What's going on with that, Michael? Good question. Debug bar, of course we are. Laravel debug bar version 3.4 added a beautiful new dark mode. Existing users with system preferences set for dark mode will automatically start seeing the dark theme after updating to version 3.4. The feature adds a theme configuration option with three possible options, dark, light, and auto. And what's neat about auto is that it will respect your system preferences by using the prefers color scheme media query. Part of this update also includes the Dracula dark theme for Highlight.js to make Highlight JS to make it a bit more readable and easier on the eyes. Dark mode builds on the significant UI updates that we saw earlier this year for Debug Bar, and it's great to see these UI improvements for a tool that so many Laravel developers are using every day. I know I certainly am using it. Absolutely. It's like on every one of my screenshots because I forget to hide it while mm. I'm in development mode. But I take a screenshot, it's like <laughs> yeah. Debug Bar. It's like, dang it all. It's collapsed and it's just in the bottom left corner. But yeah, it's I, I use it, we use it on everything. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got a, another package here, which is Lara Personate. So let's see if you can guess what it does. Michael, can you guess? Lara Personate. Does it allow you to impersonate a user? Boom, you got it. So this is Beautiful. actually, um, if you don't have the ability to do this. So if, let me say it this way. If you have the ability to do this in some of your apps and not others, you realize how crucial and annoying it is to not have it like because you're used to having it in something else. So I know we have this implemented for some of our applications in our in our local and uh, like in our internal uh, applications, but not for all of them. And it's such a pain when I'm in one of the ones trying to yeah. figure out what's going on for a user and I can't get in as them. Uh, so this package uh, attempts to make that easier. So it allows you to log in as a different user quickly. This impersonation package is inspired 
by via creative slash pseudo su which is no longer active and still has some planned work to be done such as unit tests ui improvements and supporting role-based features Mm -hmm. but this project's listed features at the time of this writing uh, include the ability to limit the number of users displayed to have a search form from all of your users Uh, it has auto discovery so you don't have to set up the service provider manually that's the thing for laravel now thank you laravel Uh, and then it has an auto injection uh, via a middleware so you don't have to add code to your blade templates either Uh, so when using this package uh, that provides impersonation abilities you need to be aware of the security threat if misused what we've done on our side is we've just said you can't impersonate any user that has admin abilities so somebody can't go in as another admin and screw stuff mm-hmm. up and run amok exactly run amok so we say you can never impersonate a uh, an admin user so obviously with something like this it could have serious security implications if it's being misused so make sure you are careful about that we do actually have another couple uh, alternatives listed in this blog post here by mr paul redmond everyone's favorite human uh, so there's a few to check out here. So if you're looking at implementing implementing this sort of feature, uh, you might just kind of try a couple different flavors and, and see which one you like best. But the the person who implemented this one or created this one is Supian LDZ. So thank you very much for that. I did want to give one other shout out too. So there is a if you're using Nova, which I am for a lot of things, there's a really great package for that called Nova Impersonate. So you can just add it to your users. And it will just create mm-hmm. a little, uh, like a little spy icon. So as you're going through your users table, you just click the little icon, and it will pop you into the application. And it will keep on the on the top right hand side. It'll t- say like you're impersonating this person, so you don't ever not know that that's the case, right? So that's a really nice one if you're using if you're using Nova. I would suggest using that one instead. But this is a good one as well. So there we go. Beautiful. Next here, what have we got? Direct printing for Laravel apps. Laravel Printing is a package by Randall Wilk that allows your web application to send PDF documents or raw text from a remote server to a printer on your local network. At the time of writing, this package supports a print node driver with others planned that powers the communication between your web application and printers. If your mind is still trying to make sense of how this works, there is an example in the article that we're willing to in the show notes that tells you more about this. But there are some cool things you can do with this package. You can list printers, find specific printers, and get a configured default printer and printer ID. And if you have a receipt printer, you can print them with a provided receipt printer class. Cross? Class. <laughs> uh, you can learn more about this package, get the full installation instructions, and view the source code on GitHub. We will, of course, have links in the show notes. This is really handy if you're doing like a web-based checkout application that you want to print oh, to yeah. a receipt printer or if you're wanting to like you, for example, you're doing generating um, claim forms and things like that, you want to just jam them straight to a printer without having to worry about you know the, the user clicking on print and making sure that they've removed headers and footers and all that nasty stuff that you know you only have to do once, but definitely definitely something useful if, if that's what you want to do. We are in a paperless office where I am, so we don't do any of that, but uh, certainly handy, yeah. certainly Andy. Yeah, I know a guy uh, who has like an auction app that he runs and they have to print mm-hmm. out receipts as soon as like somebody purchases something, they have to print out a receipt for them, right? So this is something that uh, they would use. It, it is interesting packaging. I can't imagine how much work had to go into this. I, I don't, like, I can't even get printers working with the UI <laughs> in, on a, in Mac, on a Mac. Yeah. It's just like impossible, right? So uh, mm-hmm. this thing is like I'm gonna start I'm just gonna install this locally and start using this to print to my printers at work if it works any better than my Mac does I might have to do that yeah so. 
all right. Next, we have Laravel identif- Identity Documents. So Laravel Identity Documents is a package to parse machine-readable passports. There's this MRZ, machine-readable zone, on the bottom of a passport. And it's mm-hmm. sort of messy. I don't know if you've seen this before. It, it's like a bunch of arrows, right? And it would be hard to parse unless you had something like this to kind of do it for you. Maybe it wouldn't be that hard to parse, but in any case, this certainly makes it a lot easier. Uh, so what it does is it it looks at that that MRZ and it looks at the check numbers which are in there as well. So like I'm sure like with these numbers, similar to how you have with the credit cards, you have like this check some number at the end that makes sure that it gets it correct. So it does that. Mm-hmm. It validates the MRZ and then returns a JSON string with the data. So under the hood, it actually is using uh, Google's Cloud Vision API, which I looked at earlier this week because of this package. And this is pretty dang cool, uh, Cloud Vision API. So you can send up straight up PDFs to this thing and it will just uh, read them. I think it's like a cent, a page or something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like if you're doing a ton of scanning and OCRing and things like that, it could get expensive. But um, this was really interesting. So in any case, you're going to have to have a cloud service account, a Google Cloud service account in order to be able to use the package. But if you just say identity document colon colon parse, and then you pass in a request and that request has a couple images attached to it, like a front image and a back image, it will take those things, parse the MRZ and all raw text found on the images, and then it'll pass it back to you in a JSON payload. So if you are needing to do something like that, this would be very very useful for you. Hmm. Very interesting. Oh, Google's always working on these cool and exciting things for I don't know, all kinds of different stuff. So definitely something worth checking out if you want a weekend hack project. Even yeah, even outside of like the whole identity documents thing, like this this Cloud Vision API is really incredible. It de- it can detect objects automatically. Yeah. It can, uh, so like somebody can upload an image to you and you could say, oh, we have products similar to that or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just really, really neat. Uh, it can also sort of, it does the machine learning as well, right? So you can label certain documents. You can say, you can train it and say like, this is what a police report looks like. And then you could scan through a bunch of documents and it'll pick out the ones that it thinks are police reports based on what you've trained it with. Yeah. Um, but it's very reasonably priced and uh, pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. The Last thing that we have here is some Tailwind CSS tips and tricks from Jason Beggs. This article was inspired by a tweet from number one Laravel employee, Muhammad Saeed, where he decided to write the post detailing how to resolve issues that developers might run into when using Tailwind. Most of the problems can be solved pretty easily, but you need to know a couple of the classes to use in the right spots. So Jason goes here into detail. I was going to hold you up. I was going to hold you for one second. Okay. Hold me. This is a Hold me. But like... (laughs) So be socially responsible. Sorry. Okay. I just want to clarify. You said that Mohammed is the number one Laravel employee. Just want to make sure we clear yes. this up. Is he the number one Laravel employee or is he Laravel employee number one? Look, I don't want to get into favorites. <laughs> All right. That's for you. That sounds like the kind of thing you would do. All of the Laravel employees are equal favorites to me. That's right. Just like Taylor. They're all does, number one in my eye. Taylor own. doesn't have any favorite kids. He doesn't have any favorite team members. They're all equal. They just have different talents I'm, and abilities. Yeah. They're all equal. That's right. Yep. They're all number one in their own way. That's right. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to learn to not have a favorite child soon. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? I've only got one. Yep. I've only got one, but soon it's gonna be two, soon and then I'm will. gonna not allow to pick favorites, apparently. You will. No, I'm just kidding, you won't. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So anyway, back to Jason's article. Uh, I won't go into 
obviously I'm not going to tell you what a screenshot looks like and I certainly won't be reading the code because it's Tailwind and that's madness. But what Jason does go into is how to center an SVG and text inside a button or link, how to vertically center a div inside another div with Tailwind, how to create a bootstrap-like responsive column grid using CSS and Flexbox, how to make all divs in a flex row equal height, how to push a button to the bottom of every card in a row, how to create a bootstrap-like responsive column grid, and that is all. Um, hopefully you get something out of it. These are all fairly common things. Um, centering and and making equal heights. And you know, if you're doing, for example, a pricing grid or something like that, and you want the headings at the top, but you've got different heights, but you want all of the, the buy now buttons to line up, then this will certainly help you uh, step in the right direction with that. So definitely check out this article. We will, of course, have links in the show notes. Just thank God for Flexbox. That's all I got to say. It's magic. <sighs> it is magic. Magical. It is indeed. It is indeed. Well, hey, everybody, I think that's all we got. And nobody, again, nobody reached out to us this week to tell us about all these amazing community links. Nobody's nobody's doing it. So you know what? I just don't know. What, I don't know what to do. I don't know. So, we, so we've got... Yeah. I'm just going to read off a couple of them. Observers in Laravel. Relationship table data with route model binding in Laravel. Base Laravel. Uh, let's see. Test automation. There's tons of them out here. Tons of them. And all you have to do to get us to talk about your amazing, well-written, well-thought-out article is just say something. Just hit us up on Twitter. Just be like, hey, you should talk about this this week. I'm submitting it to Laravel News. And we will talk about it. Even if it's terrible, Yeah, doesn't matter. Hit us up. We'll talk about it. It won't be terrible. It'll be great, but we'll talk about it in any case. So do it. Do it. Who's that one guy? What's his name? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, from uh, Shia LaBeouf. That's right. Yeah. No, it was uh, Ben Stiller in a movie where he had the hair. Do it. Go on. Do it. Do it. Oh, that was uh, that it. was Dodgeball, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was Dodgeball. Was it? Wasn't it? I think it was. Probably was. Hey, dude, anything else before I before I take us out of this one? No, please get us out of here before something bad happens. <laughs> All right, this is episode 125. You can find show notes for it at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 125. If you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd share it with some friends, uh, talk about it with your next meetup, uh, give us a little retweet. And if you like the show, feel free to rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars is always appreciated. And uh, I think that's all we got. Until next time, folks, we will see you in a couple weeks. Good. Day. Hey, speaking of meetups, just before we do go out, Laravel meetup, meetup.laravel.com. You'll get to listen to me speaking about stuff. You'll get to listen to uh, Neo Ihodato speak about stuff on the 25th of August. And on the 26th of August, don't forget Laracon online. You can still get your tickets there, laracon.net. Check it out. See you all in two weeks. See you there. Bye bye. <laughs>